I mean, that's old school style right there. I mean, they're putting <laughs> a helmet on the football. I like the way Wink lets everybody bring their uniqueness inside of the system. And he doesn't tell everybody, you have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You have to be in this spot. We used to say this all the time when I was in Baltimore. Pressure, bust a pipe. I mean, bring pressure, bring pressure, bring pressure, bring pressure. Welcome into the lounge. The Ravens are heading down south to Carolina. Probably going to get them some good Carolina barbecue. Ooh, I like Carolina barbecue. Me too. That's like I think that might be my favorite type of barbecue. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of people that like Memphis, lay claim to like the Kansas City. Kansas City. Texas obviously has great barbecue. It's not really a style. Carolina is like the vinegar based sauce yeah. a little bit. Yeah, I dig. And then there's Carolina Gold Sauce. Which That's I also good. like. Yes. Different type of sauce, obviously. Me too. But you know what? Let's just scrap the football talk and talk barbecue the whole pod today. Oh, man. Have another draft and I can whoop you? No. I, have you ever... Do you make barbecue? Have you ever made barbecue? I don't know that I ever have made barbecue. I, I make a, some mean ribs, but... My wife got me like a cool smoker part. last year as an anniversary gift. That's nice. Which was great. And I... I'll tell you what, I can fire up some good barbecue. Pulled pork? Invite me over, man. Where's the invite? I I don't want – if I invite you over, you're going to eat all the good stuff, so i got to save some for myself. (laughs) Anyway, uh, it's kind of making me wish I was going down to Carolina. (laughs) But we're we're not going to Carolina. Cliff Cliff Todd. He'll be bringing it down. He's going to be holding it down in Carolina. Um, So we are back here, and we thought, you know, with the players out of town, uh, they just left today as we're recording this. It's Tuesday. Uh, We would have on – Rod Woodson, who is the Ravens' new uh, color analyst in the booth, calling our preseason games, uh, joining Mike Nolan, Jerry Sandusky, and Evan Washburn. Uh, so make sure you're tuned in for that if you're not, if you didn't already Saturday night. And if you didn't, what the heck are you doing? I'm B- WBAL, on here WBAL here in Baltimore. If you're elsewhere, you can check down the full the full breakdown of your local listings. But here in Baltimore, WBAL, they do a great job. Yes. Yeah, so really thrilled to talk to Rod. Uh, we have some questions that we're going to answer, but we want to jump right into this interview. Thrilled to be here with Rod Woodson, a Hall of Famer, who is now in the booth working for us calling Ravens preseason games. So, Rod, what, what was the experience like, uh, you know, being in our booth uh, for a change? Not on the field, but, you know, up high. No, you know what? It's First of all, it's a great bo- a booth, for, you know, especially when you're, you know, when you're up there. Most booths in stadiums um, aren't the best at times, but Baltimore, <laughs> Baltimore always seems like it does everything class A. I mean, just first class, everything it does. The booth is awesome. One of the best radio booths uh, in the business. So it's it pretty nice. Yeah, we always – I tell people all the time, we're spoiled in the press box because – the Ravens press box, for <laughs> listeners who aren't aware of this, the Ravens press box is low. I think it's the lowest press box in all of football. It's basically on the club level or suite it's, level? Yeah, it's below the club level. It's basically the 50-yard line suite. So we have, in most stadiums, especially the new stadiums, the press box is basically on the moon. They put them in the cheap seats. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's in the corner <laughs> you can, you, uh, all the way at the top. Not in Baltimore, though. We, we're spoiled right now. You can't even see the numbers sometimes. Yeah, oh, the for jerseys. sure. Listen, when you have to have wear, but when you have to have binoculars, you know you're far away. <laughs> yeah, you just know yeah. it. <laughs> so you're you're joined by Mike Nolan, who uh, it's kind of funny, you know, obviously a former Ravens defensive coordinator, but he, when you were playing your last year with the Ravens, he was the wide receivers coach before he went to defensive coordinator. So that's kind of an interesting dynamic. 
Yeah, because I mean, everybody, you kind of know the coaches around the league. And, you know, I knew Mike as a defensive guy. And then when we brought him over as a receiver coach, I was like, what? Like, <laughs> what just happened? Who's our receiver coach, Mike Nolan? I mean, I guess you can use that to your advantage because he knows exactly what the right. defenses are trying to do against him. So he just used that to his advantage. And, you know, obviously football is football. So it was kind of, and it's always good to get, you know, just good coaches on the staff. And, you know, Mike's a good coach. So you you had to enjoy that preseason opener. Six turnovers. That's your style of football right there. I mean, that's old school style right there. I mean, they were putting <laughs> a helmet on the football. You know what I really love about it is that they were tackling perfectly the way the new forms are. I mean, obviously you can't hit high. You really don't want to hit them low, even though you can legally. Uh, you don't want to take guys' knees out. You don't want to hurt anybody. And those guys, I mean, they were punching the ball. They were hitting the ball. Uh, they were getting after the ball. What I really loved about them, even in when I watched practice, is that they run to the ball. And good things, we've always said this, and it's been told to me when I first came to the league, good things happen when 11 guys run to the ball. And you're always going to get the fumble recoveries. If the ball gets knocked out, you're the guy that gets it picked up. You know, that's what I really loved about the Ravens. I mean, it didn't look great early versus the run. But, you know, the one thing I love what they always talk about and, you know, what Clayus Campbell talked about is that they're going to they're going to defend every blade of grass on the field. And there's an old saying that we my old defense coordinator used to say, uh, Rod Russ, he's like, son, we're not we don't pay you to cover grass as nobody's on. So come get in close, protect the grass, defend the grass that, that everybody's on. And that's winning football. So that's what I love to see. And, I, and we definitely saw that from the Ravens defense throughout the whole night. Yeah. I think one thing we're always kind of trying to figure out and watching the preseason, obviously there's roster battles, but you're also trying to get a sense of how good the team is going to be. Just basically, is this going to carry over into the regular season? And it's tough because a lot of starters don't play. And then you say, well, if, if our twos are better than their twos, that's got to mean our ones are better than their ones. So you're kind of always trying to figure this stuff out. So what was your sense of that after watching one preseason game? Well, my concern, if I have any with the Ravens, is that, you know, what's going to be the chemistry of the offensive line and who's going to be the back of quarterback? I mean, that's 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 really the concern. I think that's the consensus around anybody that's a Raven fan. It's like, where's our offensive line going to be at and who's going to be the backup quarterback when eight's not in there? And, you know, Huntley, man, he looks like a mirror image of doggone Lamar. (laughs) I mean, when when he's running, he looks just like Lamar. I mean, I was like I was up in the booth. man. He's holding the ball in one hand like Lamar. I mean, he looks just like it. (laughs) I'm like, it's hard to tell him the difference. And, you know, I know McSurley got hurt, so he's not going to be in the rest of the preseason games. That really bows the advantage goes to Huntley to, you know, get that number two spot on the roster. Uh, You know, and hopefully McSurley can come back if they do keep three quarterbacks, uh, which is, you know, you know, you don't like letting really good players go hoping they get through and then you can bring them back. You, you just, it's hard to do that. So, you know, if McSurley's one of your best 53, then you keep three quarterbacks. You know, they've always been that way. Uh, the Ravens philosophy is always keep the best players on the roster. So I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. And then, you know, offensive line, just, you know, what's the chemistry going to look like? You know, I, I think, I, I know John Harbaugh's not worried about it, but I think the rest of us are. 
<laughs> you, know, you know, everybody else is like, you know. Well, and at night, when John goes to sleep at night, you know, he might be thinking different things that he's saying. Well, that's a coach. <laughs> that's what you have to do, right? Um, but I think they're going to be there. The, all the all the guys who are there outside of Ben Cleveland, because we think that Ben's going to be that starting spot at guard. Everybody else has experience. You know, they're, they're, this is a this is a, a laden of roster when you look at the offensive line that these guys have played multiple years in the national football league so they understand it now chemistry together is the key that's going to be the key i don't think it's i don't think it's as big as deal as everybody thinks it is uh but i think we still will be comfortable seeing them together prior to the first game yeah for sure. It is funny, you know, you talk about Lamar and Huntley being mirror images of each other. Even when, like, Tyler had that long run and he kind of got tripped up along the sideline and he got up and he was, like, like angry that he got mm-hmm. taken. I was like, that looks exactly like Lamar. And I always <laughs> hesitate to say, I'm glad that you said it, because I always hesitate to say, like, man, sometimes in practice, like, I'm, like, looking and they wear these black jerseys with purple numbers and I'm like, was that Lamar or Huntley? Like, I can't tell yeah. because it looks so similar. And I hesitate to say that because I feel like fans are like, dude, that's that's an MVP. Mm-hmm. And you're talking about, you know, a backup, former undrafted guy. Like, what are you saying, you know? But it's true. Like, they do look so much and play so similarly that I feel like that does give Huntley the edge because if you're talking about, all right, well, he has to step in for a game mm-hmm. or two or even a half or whatever, like – Nothing about the offense really has to change. No, and I, I think we saw when Huntley did go in, the play calling that Greg Roman went to was very similar to what we saw last year and the previous years with Lamar. And I know even when McSurley came in last year in the regular season, he did run that same similar offense. But it just seems like the the the, the speed of the game when Huntley's in there uh, it just it went a little bit faster. And the one thing I really liked about him is that he was very decisive about who he wanted to throw the ball to as he was reading the defenses. He made his mind up and he threw it. And that's one thing I really enjoyed watching him do. I know I think he was 12 out of 16 for 73 yards, something like that. Um, you know, and then some of the things that he did is Lamar-esque, you know, and, and when he dipped back into the pocket, he, you know, he, he dropped, he, he climbed back into the pocket. And then he 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 bolted out to the right side and just outran the rest of the defense and you know to get yardage. That is what Lamar does on a consistent basis. And then when he did it a couple of times, and he did it so natural. That's what I kind of liked about him because he did have his eyes down the field. He wasn't looking at color, looking around him. He was still looking downfield to throw the football as he was you know climbing back up into the pocket. And then he felt the pocket collapsing again. And then he darted to the right. I mean, that to me is just a natural instinct that is really hard to teach. Yeah. Rod, I want to get your perspective on uh, the player who saw a ton of snaps uh, Saturday night, Brandon Stevens. You know, you obviously, I'm (laughs) sure we're watching him closely as as a defensive back. And he got out there, I think maybe on the first or second series, he was running with the ones. This is a guy, former running back, then corner, now playing safety and kind of moving all over that defense. That's just like you, Rob. You played running back back in the day, right? I did. I did. (laughs) But I didn't – he wanted to change his own position. You know, it's like when he told me that in the media, I'm like, wait a minute. The coach didn't ask you to change running back position? You wanted to do that on your own? Like, that's crazy. So when he said that, he knew something that the coaches didn't know. And most players don't do. 
most players just don't give up because he was in the rotation at UCLA, you know, at the running back position. And they needed to realize, you know, I don't know if I can be, too, you know, if he, I, I obviously he was, he was aspiring to go to the NFL. He didn't believe that he was going to make it at the running back position. So he's like, I know I can make it at DB. And the only time he ever played DB is when he played seven on seven. And that's what's crazy. That's in a, he never did it in a game. That's what's the crazy part in college where he never did that and where he only did it in seven on seven, but he knew something. And then, when, but when you see him play, he's built like a safety, but he's twitchy. So he has a big body. He's twitchy. He does have good short area quickness, which you're, I think you're always looking for when you're, especially when you're looking at nickelback positions, um, safety wise, you can be, you don't have to be as twitchy. But they've moved him around, and he's a willing tackler. He can blitz. Um, you know, he's physical because he has that running back mentality. So his story is a really, really interesting, fun story to talk about. Yeah. Do, you, do you get the sense of watching him and practicing on Saturday night that he could be an immediate contributor for the defense? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, first of all, he's going to have to be a contributor on special teams, right? I mean, that's like, like all rookies have to learn to play special teams even if they were their studs, you know, sometimes in college. So that's one thing. Uh, I, I think he'll do that because he has that mindset. But I think he can be a, a, a tremendous contributor. Um, you know, I know hum, Humphrey goes into the slot. He plays that nickel at times, most of the time. But if something happens and they, they need you, – obviously you need experience in that position. You really would want experience in that position. But, you know, put, if you put him in there, I, I think it would be good. Uh, it'd be good for him to learn that position, to learn the safety position. At the end of the day, we are all X's outside of the Mike linebacker and then probably the nose tackle. Everybody else on the defense is X's. So the more you can move around and learn different positions, the easier the game becomes. And, and it really, it slows down for you as a player. And now you're not thinking and you're just letting your athletic ability go. Rod, I got, I got a fan out on you for a second here, okay? Because I grew up a Ravens fan, right? My whole childhood. So I watched you playing for the Ravens, and I was like, dang, this is awesome, <laughs> right? So, t hey, talking to you is great. But you you know what a good secondary is all about. I mean, you, Chris McAllister, Dwayne Starks, you know, and then, of course, the other guys, Ray Lewis, everybody up front. When you look at this Ravens secondary, knowing what that looks like, a good secondary, just your thoughts on, on the combination of talent that we have here right now. I mean – I mean, you think of, you know, Humphreys, which, and I'm going to be honest, and I said this even last year on air when I was with Westwood One, Humphreys is a lot better than I thought he was going to be. I mean, he really is. I mean, he's a really solid football player. And that's what you, you would think you're going to get from, you know, Alabama. But I didn't know if he was going to be that solid, that good as a, as a player, that instinctive. Um, and then, you know, you got Marcus Peters, you know, he's from, he's from Oakland. I've been on Marcus Peters guy since he was in high school. I spent 20 years in the Bay area. So I got to see him play in high school. I know all that stuff happened in Washington, but he's just a playmaker. You know, he plays with his eyes. He, he, he reads formations, you know, and it, they're two different style players. You know, they really are. And just having, having those guys on the roster together. And then you, you know, you look at Elliot, you look at Clark as your safeties. Those guys are solid football players. They can blitz. They can cover. You know, and I and I like the way Wink uses everybody. And I like the way Wink lets everybody bring their uniqueness inside of the system 
and he doesn't tell everybody. You have to look a certain way. You have to be a certain way. You have to be in this spot. He lets them move around. He lets them get comfortable. And that's that's why I think they're so good. I mean, you know, only giving up over a little bit over 18 points a game last year. That's I mean, that's, that's playing really good football in today's football where they want offenses to light the scoreboard up. Right, right. Is Wink Martindale a guy that you would have loved playing for? I mean, he just he, he's got so players love him. He's got uh, a persona. He's got the chain. He's got the chain. He's got the gold chain. <laughs> that you guys showed on Saturday. Is he the type yeah. of DC that you would love playing for? I don't. Does he have a mullet? Oh he, yeah. He, he, you know, he's kind of trimmed it up. No, Did he that's trim still it up? a mullet. That, that looks yeah, like he a mullet. He kind of trimmed I mean, it up. It's at some point. I didn't want to ask you know, him. I was in a meeting. I didn't want to say, "Do you have a mullet?" Because I know it's back, <laughs> but I didn't. I've never seen a coach with a mullet. I mean, I just, you know, I just, <laughs> it's rare if you do. Um, but, you know, I just, he just, he just, a, you know, one of those type of guys that he likes to be creative. He's a no nonsense. He's very transparent, you know, with his players. And I think that's why the players really trust him and like him because he keeps it real with them. And I, I think players can respect that. And at the end of the day, he lets them go have fun. And that's what everybody wants to do on the field. Everybody wants to have fun, you know, and, you know, letting guys stand up and move around uh, kind of, you know, you know, that's stuff that all, a lot of my coordinators did with us as players where they let us stand up if, you know, especially like the, the defense alignment, if they were sometimes want to stand up and move around, they didn't have to put their hand on the ground. That's good. That's good football. And at the end of the day, if the guys get their job done, Wink's going to give him some love. Then he's going to, you know, one thing I really love, because we used to say this all the time when I was in Baltimore, pressure, bust a pipe. I mean, bring pressure, bring pressure, bring pressure, bring pressure. And he he did that last year, you know, over 50% of the time, you know, he's bringing pressure to the opposing quarterbacks. Now there's certain quarterbacks, you know, probably three or four in the league that you might not want to pressure a bunch, but the rest of them, have at it, man. And he has at it. I mean, and the guys love it. They have fun with that stuff. Right. Now, during the broadcast, when uh, Patrick Queen sniffed out that little uh, screen pass and blew that thing up, you said immediately, it didn't take you long, you said, that reminds me of Ray Lewis. That looks yeah. like Ray Lewis. It's just he sniffed it out. You know, you, you read it, you read your keys, and then once you read your keys, you believe what you see. Believe what you see and just go make a play. You know, what I tell guys all the time, everybody, all these guys have been playing, most of the guys have been playing football since they've been nine years old or so. And they have that instinct in them. And sometimes coaches can coach it out of them because they tell them, hold theirs, you belong here, you have to be there. That's one thing I love about Wink that he doesn't do. He lets them be athletic. He lets them use that, that natural ability they have and go make plays. And, you know, Obviously, when he did that, when he snipped it out and he saw him like step up and then slide out and he slid out with him and just took off when the ball was thrown. I'm like, yeah, that, yeah, that reminded me of Suge right there, man. I was, I was 52 all the way. <laughs> That's awesome. I, I know it's, it's, you don't want to make comparisons, but I mean, just watching Queen a little bit, you say, all right, he's got, I mean, Ray was known, especially in his earlier days, for that sideline to sideline speed. I mean, that was his calling card. Yeah. And, and you know, Queen can definitely do that. We've seen it, you know, in the the little plays that he did play in that, you know, last week. He can get from sideline to sideline, and he can run. We we know he can run coming out of college, but sometimes you hesitate. Sometimes you doubt yourself, and then you, you slow down. I thought we saw that a little bit last year, but that's he's a rookie. 
you know, we, we all want rookies to play like five-year vets. And it's really unfair for asking guys that play that, that good. But he, he's shown flashes. He's shown, he, he showed flashes last year. I think you're going to see him be way better this year because he had an offseason, right? He had OTAs. He has training camp. He has it now. So it's another – is more reps that he's getting under his belt. And he even said it, you know, to us that, you know, he had to try to figure out, you know, all the coverages and how they how he fit inside the coverages because in college they just played man-to-man, right, for the most part. So he he had to figure all that out. And I think with all the offseason this year is going to help him play so much faster because when you don't doubt yourself, you're just going to let your athletic ability show up. And that's what he did in the game. And I believe that's what we're going to see all year long. Right. Hey, Ray, we've asked you a bunch about the defense I do want to ask you a question about the offense because the offense has been the receiving core has not really been what we're going to see week one over the course of the entire summer. Lamar yep. misses the first 10 days. How quickly or how much time do you think that group needs in the summer in order to be ready to go and hit the ground running, knowing that once we get to the regular season, we still could be without, you know, Bateman uh, at the start of the season. How big of a concern is that? And how much time do those guys need? Well, I mean, most of the guys have been here. So it's I, I don't I don't have an issue with that. You know, my concern is Bateman because he he is he's twitchy for his size and he he really plays bigger than what he is. Um, if that makes sense. That's the concern, because I thought that he was going to make be a really difference maker. Uh, you know, Sammy, you know, obviously we know what he can do. Um, you know, he, as long as he can keep practicing and, and being on the field, throwing the ball, Lamar throughout the weeks, I think I'm okay with that because he's a, he's a proven vet. Um, I'm just concerned that the young guy, Bateman, doesn't get the reps leading up to this point. You know, he obviously, he did in the, off, the rest of the offseason, he, he got the reps. But just that faster game experience, I would really want to see him have that. He's not going to have it. So it's going to be what it is. I mean, it is what it is. He, he's going to have to kind of learn it on the run. Um, I think Lamar's going to be good for him. Um, you know, obviously at the end of the day, we saw, I think we saw some of it in week that, you know, that first preseason game where they're trying to throw the ball more outside the numbers, because I think once, I think we all believe that this is a really good football team. Listen, they're going to go to a playoffs and then they're going to be concerned about playing the better teams in the National Football League. And then at that point, they're going to have to be able to throw the ball outside the numbers to spread the defense out. And that will give you better running lanes also for Lamar and Dobbins and all those guys and and Edwards. Um, But I think Bateman can definitely do that and help him kind of, you know, make a team play all 53 and a quarter yards with the width of the field, which normally – um, with them last year, they really didn't use the whole field. They used kind of the middle of the field. But I think once they increased that with Bateman, um, this is going to be a really tough team to, to slow down. Now, Rod, another thing that you can speak to with your experience is what it's like going from Pittsburgh to Baltimore in your career. Alejandro Villanueva is making the same change. You had a one-year pit <laughs> stop out in, that, in San Francisco between, but you were a longtime Sealer and then a beloved Raven. What advice, and, and here's the follow-up question to that, actually. I'll, I'll ask it on the front end. Now, Villanueva is a former military guy, Army. Mm-hmm. 
do we have to be concerned about him being a potential spy? You know, he's got military <laughs> training. Just saying. A spy for who? Spy for the Steelers. You know, I no, mean, he Pittsburgh. No, no. You know, he's got listen, some allegiances listen. there. Once he, once he walks into the – first of all, I think he's realizing these two teams are very similar. Yeah. I mean, you know, black and gold, you got black and purple. They're very similar in the culture of the front office, how it's set up and how it trickles all the way down through the scouts to the coaches, to the players and on the field. But he's going to realize that the Steeler fans are going to boo him as soon as he walks onto the field. So he's not going to like the purple. He's not going to like the black and gold for a while because they booed the snot out of me, man, when I stepped on the field. Oh, you traitor. We hate you. It's that. And the same thing is going to happen to him. So, you know, he, he's going to feel the hate from them, but he, then he's going to feel the love from his teammates saying, oh, man, don't listen to those guys. Those guys are crazy anyway. You know. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome well rod we really appreciate it man not every day that you get a chance to talk to a hall of famer so uh it's really my pleasure, pleasure guys my pleasure yeah and enjoy the rest of these preseason broadcasts everybody better be tuning in all right well great stuff from a hofer hall of famer i thought you were gonna Robert. ask rod for an autograph he yeah. was sounds like he was a guy that you loved as a kid look ed reed is my favorite player of all time okay okay and I, it wasn't really close. He was the most fun to watch. Rod, though, was like that veteran on that Super Bowl. You love defense. safety play. It sounds like I do really like safeties. And Rod, <laughs> I mean Rod, yeah, he, he got he got a number of interceptions too. He wasn't really in the same mold as Ed. You know, yeah. when Ed got the ball in his hands, there were years there as a Ravens fan where you're like, Ed reads our best offense. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So uh, Rod wasn't exactly that. Yeah, but he was awesome, man. I mean, that's your well. There aren't many guys in the mold of Ed Reed. But yeah, Rod, Rod is, uh, he obviously was a great player. Yeah. I mean, he got a gold jacket and, uh, he had good insight. I mean, I've enjoyed, I enjoyed listening to him during the game on Saturday. And that's what, you know, obviously we spent most of our time talking about the defense, which like, I thought it was interesting hearing him talk about Brandon Stevens mm-hmm. and what he's seen from him. Yeah. Cause they were very high on him during the broadcast. Yeah. Yeah. It was interesting. Um, yeah, he's got a lot of good insight, obviously, from playing and, and just from knowing this team. So he And he's had an interesting career. Went into coaching mm-hmm. uh, for a little while. Yeah. Uh, was coaching DBs out in Oakland um, and, and now in the booth. And he's done a number of, uh, you know, Westwood One, and yep. he's called games for other people. So uh, interesting guy. But anyway, we have some uh, good questions here. Uh, we have one from Will Saunders. He says, uh, I have two questions for you. How will the impact of placing guys on IR designated to return have on roster decisions? What kind of impact will it have? I uh, said, if I'm correct, the Ravens will have to keep Bateman, Boyle, McSorley, Boykin, and possibly Stanley on the 53-man roster, then place them on IR after final, uh, final cuts to get them on the right. IR designated for return. He said that will expose some good players to waivers. Uh, so he has two questions. We'll answer that one first. Well, first of all, just in terms of how IR works, if you if you're going to have a player return, and the NFL is allowed, there's no restriction yeah. this year on the number of guys who you can designate to return. Right. That went into effect last year, and they're keeping it for this year. They have to miss a minimum of three games. Minimum of three games. Now, in order to have someone come back from injury reserve, they do. Will's correct. They have to be on the 53 man roster at the 53 man cutdown yep. date. Then they can be placed on IR, and then they can be designated to return. So, for example, this week the Ravens put a couple of guys on IR. Amon Marshall was one of them. Khalil Dorsey 
was the other. So those guys cannot come back and, and play uh, from IR. So that's that's how that works. He's, he, I would say he's incorrect in assuming that the guys that he mentions are all headed for injured reserve. Ronnie Stanley, uh, Miles Boykin, Rashad Bateman. I mean, maybe some of those guys, like maybe if the Ravens, the Ravens have said Rashad Bateman is going to come back some point in September. Maybe if they feel like uh, he's, you know, not ready to practice at the start of the season, maybe he is someone who goes on IR and then misses the first three games. So but they, you don't. Have, they're not exposed to waivers. They're not exposed to waivers. Right, if, you if, put, it, if you put Bateman on IR designated to return after he's on the 53-man roster, yeah, they're not exposed to waivers. They're not exposed to waivers. If you, if you do it now, they are exposed to waivers, and also then you right. can't come back this season. Right. That's the bigger thing. You right. know, if a guy doesn't have a season-ending injury. So I'm just saying I don't necessarily think it's a foregone. Like Ronnie Stanley, for example, I think the, the hope and the expectation is yeah. he's ready to go week one. No, I don't think he's going on IR. Right. Yeah, they're thinking he's going to be ready for, for – Las Vegas. Right. He's ramping up right now. He's getting a little bit he's getting more and more action every week. Right. Boykin, way too early to say that that's what he's headed for. I mean, yep. he looks like he's ready to practice any day. Mm-hmm. He's running out there with Hollywood Brown. Um, Boyle, I think it's TBD. Well, know. also Boyle currently, Boyle is actually a little bit of a different scenario. Boyle's on the physically unable to perform list right now. Right. So if he were to open the season on the pup list, then my understanding is you missed the first six games. Uh, but you don't go on IR. You go on that pup list right. to start the season. He has not practiced yet. He has to get activated from the pup list, which he went on at the start of training camp. Right. It's only an option at the start of training camp. You can't right. put someone on the pup list in October. Right. So I think Boyle's an, Boyle's an interesting one because we're now, you know, it's sitting here. It's August 17th. We're, th- you know, three and a half a weeks away from the start of the season, and he has not practiced yet. Is he going to be ready to go week one? Uh, you know, right. we'll know. see. Yeah. And then McSorley, uh, I honestly think now McSorley's dealing with a back injury from mm-hmm. picking up a box. It sounds like me. That's definitely something that would happen to me. Yeah. Tweak the back, picking up a box. <laughs> um, and I, I would not be surprised at this point if McSorley uh, goes on the practice squad. I know Rod talked about the, op- the potential for the Ravens to carry three quarterbacks. Yeah. I do not think that that's going to happen. Um, I, I think the Ravens are going to run with two, and then they have because they have a lot of depth at cornerback that I think they'd like to keep maybe an extra guy. Tight end, you know, we just got done talking about Nick Boyle. If Nick's not 100% at the start of the season or whatnot, or just, you know, needs more time to shake off the rust if he gets a late return, mm-hmm. do you keep, you know, that third tight end? Do you have to keep somebody like a Ben Mason? You know, something like that, I think. Or Eric Tomlinson at tight end as as a blocker, um, but I don't. I think because of the depth at those spots and needing to maybe carry somebody extra, the Ravens will not carry three quarterbacks. They have an interesting dynamic with a couple of different positions. Cornerback, you know, today Marlon Humphrey went in early from practice. It's supposed there, to be a slight. There are reports that it's a minor hmm. issue. Let's hope that's the case, and he's back out on the field very soon. Right. But. They have Jimmy Smith, who's been sidelined with an ankle issue. Um, so do you keep extra guys there if Jimmy or Marlon were to be sidelined for any period of time? You know, like, does that open the, the door for Chris Westry or, you know, Sean Wade is on that roster bubble. And, yep. and Wade had both those guys had nice games on Saturday. Westry had the bad penalty, but yep. uh, both those guys had nice games on Saturday. And they're competing for a spot. And then the tight end thing that you just mentioned. The other point on practice squad, 
you can keep 16 guys on the practice squad this year. Whoa, you're jumping ahead to the question. Next question. Okay, man. go ahead and read that question. But there, you, you started talking about practice squad with Trace. All right. So This one comes from my guy, Todd Wasserman, okay. from Richmond, Virginia, yep. who I had the pleasure of, of chatting with him and his daughter uh, at training camp practice. Okay, so nice. Nice talking to you, Todd. And he asked that the question, what are the rules for NFL teams' practice squads this season? Right. So it's 16 players. Which is the same as last year. And you can protect four players per week. Right. So if you want to talk about Trace McSorley potentially ending up on the practice exactly. squad, you can protect him. And that's right. what the Ravens did last year with Tyler Huntley throughout the season. They protected him, if not every week, just about every week. Yeah. So that could be – I think part of it depends on – Trace's injury, like the mm-hmm. report is that he's going to miss the rest of. Well, I mean, Harbaugh said that he's going to. You missed significant. Well, not significant. He's going to miss basically the rest of the preseason. Mm-hmm. So, how is he ready to be practicing mm-hmm. at the start of the year? Like, what is the scenario there? Right. Yeah. Our team's going to take a gamble on a quarterback with a back injury that they can't evaluate. Right. Right. <laughs> well, that's the concern. The concern is if you if you cut him, someone else is going to sign him. But yes, right. I agree with you. And and my other point to that is right. So now you're talking about the possibility of picking up a quarterback with a back injury, adding him to your 53 man roster when he hasn't practiced with you at all. Mm-hmm. Right. So you'd have to learn your whole offense and all that stuff. Uh, and the Ravens run a very unique offense. So like Trace McSorley and Tyler Tyler Huntley, I think, are good quarterbacks for the Ravens. I don't know that. They necessarily have the same value in another type of offense. Sure, sure. We're basically doing the 53 here. We're, we're getting ahead of ourselves. We are going to do the full 53-man roster podcast also. Yeah. This is a reminder for you, the listeners, to participate in the You Pick the Team contest. There you Always go. a great time. So you can check that out. Go to BaltimoreRavens.com slash You Pick the Team. Some people like to try to wait. You know, people have gotten good at this. They wait until the last minute. But Sometimes you get burnt by that, But though. the benefit of filling it out early is that if there's multiple people who have the same 53 that come in first place... Or just the same number of hits and misses. Yeah, 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 exactly. Then you, the tie goes to whoever filled it out first. That's so correct. if you're just trying to wait to the last second, you could get burned. Yes, exactly. All right, uh, last question here. The second question from Will Saunders is, without Bateman and Boykin, who do you anticipate starting in the out, on the outside opposite Watkins against the Raiders? He's assuming that Hollywood will be in the slot, and he thinks Duvernay, Duvernay will be the guy. Uh, oh, no, he says Duvernay appears to be a slot guy, too. So who's on the outside? Just got a bunch of slot guys. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so he, he's got, obviously, you have Sammy Watkins, assuming he's healthy. He's mispracticed a couple days in a row. Sammy Watkins on one side, and he thinks Hollywood's best for the slot. Who's the outside guy? I don't necessarily know that I agree that Hollywood would be the slot receiver. I think mm-hmm. Hollywood would be the outside receiver, and then mm-hmm. the inside receiver would be Duvernay or Prochet, mm-hmm. in my opinion. Yeah. Like, I think I have been really – that's been one kind of silver lining with all the injuries at wide receiver. You've you've had Bateman, Hollywood, Boykin, and Watkins, and Deion Kane all miss time at receiver. Five guys missing time mm-hmm. in training camp practice. How many receivers are on the team? Nine? Well, they have to keep signing guys. <laughs> they got to keep adding guys to practice. And so you, you don't like to have that many guys miss time. The silver lining – has been that it is encouraging to see uh, the way that especially Prochet has played, and I think Duvernay's had a good camp too. So I think that one of those two guys would be the slot receiver. Yeah, and and they can move him around. I mean, Duvernay can play outside. None of these receivers are locked into one spot. The Ravens play their receivers in a multitude of spots, but I agree with you. I would, I feel like they would probably 
Hollywood can move inside or outside. It's it's not a static thing. Hollywood played, you know, outside primarily the previous two years, and exactly, he did okay. Exactly. So I, I think in an ideal world, they would probably like to move him around a lot more and put him in the slot and expose some of that those deep, you know, uh, deep post routes and stuff like that over the middle. Yeah. Uh, but if you have injuries, if you don't have your top three with Bateman out, then I think he probably defaults back to the outside primarily. Yeah, we have seen Hollywood, you know, running in practice off to the side. Him and Boykin have both been running mm-hmm. in practice, which is good to see. Now you just got to – and he did go through a pregame workout on the field mm-hmm. with Lamar uh, prior to the game on Saturday, which is good to see. So all that all that is encouraging. Now mm-hmm. you just like to see him throw on a uniform and get out there. Exactly. In, in real action. So um, as always, you guys can email us. Keep those emails coming. Send it to the lounge at Ravens. Dot NFL.net. Ravens are going to be practicing for the rest of this week down in Carolina. And then the game against the Panthers is coming up on Saturday. And you can check out Rod Woodson, Mike Nolan, Jerry Sandusky, Evan Washburn uh, on WBAL. Make sure you watch that game. Rod's going to do a great job and we really appreciate the time with him. Yep. Thanks for listening. We'll be back with you next week. <laughs> <laughs>